The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Open Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. I've got good news and bad news, gang. Um, The good news, I'm wearing pants. The bad news, I'm wearing pants, uh, as discussed on Thursday's episode. So, look, congratulations, hat tip to Brian Harmon. Uh, And sadly, we got to wait a long time till the next one. Greg Ducharm is here. That was a downer. Greg, do you have anything more upbeat you could give us? <laughs> now, I didn't know we were going to give it away so early on in the show. People um, hate who that. won. Uh, tell well, them to come after me. I don't care. Spoiler alert. Uh, Patrick spoiled it. But um, yeah, I'll add something a little more uplifting. What a week mm. for Brian Harmon. Not yeah. so much for everybody else. Uh, but but still really cool golf course, really cool experience. It was it was really close to being a phenomenal tournament. You just had one guy who just outraced everybody. And it kind of made that second portion of the leaderboard, which was you know pretty cool. It it uh it took away a little bit of that luster. Um but but all in all, it was it was a great win. Well, well deserved win. The only thing people hate more uh than Patrick spoiling who won. 90 seconds into the show is when Josh just puts the winner in the thumbnail and the title and the description. They hate that. Do people, people really get mad about this stuff. I think that uh, the three people who do care all tell us that they care. You know what I mean? One's my burner account. Like how are of the people who care? Tell us that we spoiled them. How how are you watching a, a, uh, if you're deep enough in to watch a recap or listen to a recap podcast about a tournament and you don't know who won, I don't know. How is there? How are there people in that Venn diagram, buddy? I don't know, but they exist. That's Kyle Porter. Hi, Kyle. Hey, hey, Rick. Um, I was thinking about this, Greg, as you were talking. It's funny how if this is Rom or Rory or Spieth or fill in with whatever star you want it's a it's a breathtaking oh there's never been anybody better than this and it's brian Harmon, and everybody's like make a triple somewhere please make a triple (laughs) just to make it a golf tournament it's it's an extraordinary performance but 
you know, unfortunately for him, it, it got a little bit um, drowned out by not drowned out, but everybody was just hoping you're, you're not rooting against him. You're just rooting for drama. Right. And that's, I guess, always the case whenever somebody who's not kind of an all timer, generational player laps the field in a in a tournament. Yeah, exactly. That's the plight of like if Rory wins by six. Patrick's pants are off the let's start with the Sunday. <laughs> let's start with the Sunday round here, Patrick, because it was exactly what he had to do is one under 70. Uh, so he goes 69 70. He plays the final two rounds in three under par. That's plenty good because he ends up winning by six strokes. So let's go through this round. I mean, it was very similar in a, a blueprint of what Saturday was. He kind of got off to a slow start, made a couple of bogeys early, writes the ship before he makes the turn and then kind of just strategizes and gets his way through the final nine. It, it was a really professional final 36 holes. Like you said, he got punched in the mouth there early in both the third round and the final round. Uh, things could have gotten a little hairy there once he found the gorse bush and then uh, the king of TIO, John Rahm, finds you know the, the one safe spot amongst the, all the gorse bushes. Uh, and suddenly he sees his lead cut to three, comes back just like Saturday, birdie on the par three, makes another one on top of that, and he's standing there on 9T with his lead ballooned to six strokes all of a sudden. One hour into the final round, it was down to three. An hour later, it was up to six. It, it really is kind of just the the ebbs and flow of major championship golf. So I know we kind of get ahead of ourselves with uh, you know some of these guys making early birdies, and then we just we don't really forget. We just get excited since the leaders haven't played those holes either. Uh, and he, he did make a mess of the easiest hole on the golf course, but came back, showed a ton of resolve, a ton of nerve, and. To me, it was really, I said it on Thursday or Friday show, if he just avoided the bunkers, he was going to win this golf tournament. And up until the 72nd hole, he had it hidden in the bunker the entire weekend. So to do that, it was a lot of just major championship boring golf. And the back nine was pretty stress-free. I know he made a 40-foot bomb, but that's just really gravy on top of what was a dominating performance. That, that was one thing real quick I want to jump in that I was thinking about Patrick is, and I'd love to get Greg, you're more, you're probably deeper on like strategy. Um, think like the, the, the strategic thinking than I am. So I'd love to get your take on this, but it seemed like because he built that five stroke lead. So, so Hoy Lake to me, it struck me as a golf course where you got to hit tremendous shots, but it's also, it's like a combo of that and making wise uh, manageable choices and he almost took the the need to hit tremendous shots out of the equation because he didn't there was no risk that he really ha he still had to hit good shots but he didn't have to take on a ton of risk over the last 36 to shoot what did he shoot yesterday 70 71 70 on the weekend or 70 what 69, was it 69 69 69 70 he just he 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 almost took one side of the equation completely out. Like you, you talk, you hear about guys taking a, one side of the golf course completely out of, out of play. He took one side of the equation of playing Hoylake completely out of play. And I think that that physically made it a lot easier for him, even though mentally it's still just extraordinarily difficult to lead a major for that long by that much on a weekend. 
um, the thing that I would add, which I think was really important for him uh, and something that Rick and I talked about last night, you know, the, the reason why after really after Friday's round, he was in such a good position is because of his driving accuracy. You know, it, it, you can take half of the equation out of play when you hit every fairway. I mean, he, he only missed two fairways today. Um, and and so- I, I would I would argue that he hit every fairway because he wasn't take he he didn't have to take on some of the lines that other guys were taking on, right? right. I guess that's yeah. that's sort of what I'm saying. And and then the other thing is he was able to, which when when you watch a lot of these rounds and a lot of these guys play, it was really hard to get it close to the hole with your second shot. So now you're hitting it to 20, 25, outside of 20 feet into most of these greens. And, well, who's the best putter? Well, you know, Brian Harmon is the, is the best putter in the field this week. One of the best on the PGA Tour. So in a strange way, because of the layout of the golf course, it almost became a putting contest, even though it was really difficult, right? Because for, uh, for Brian especially, He's able to keep it wide side. Uh, he's never short-sided. He's never in, in real trouble. If he misses a green, it's in a manageable area where he's got some space. Uh, and, and then lag putting and getting a couple of bonus putts to fall, you just start to extend your lead. So because of that driving accuracy today, and again, I, I don't know if he really had a choice. I don't know if Brian Harmon has the firepower of a Rory McIlroy where it's really a decision. You know, how much do I bite off at number three, for instance, or, or 18? No, you're going to play it to the corner of the dog leg. You're going to, yeah. I mean, a lot of these bunkers today, a lot, he was able to hit driver that can't reach the bunkers, you know, so it plays wide. Uh, and I think that was a really big advantage, but uh, the ability to put the ball and play off the tee really gave him the opportunity to make this round look easy. You know, there, there weren't very many difficult decisions for him to make um, after hitting it in the fairway. You know, he, he pro- played an easy golf course. It's probably more so choosing to hit away from the bunkers than it is choosing to take on some of the, some of the lines. Right. And, and I yeah. think that it's, it all, it almost seemed like, and again, I wasn't there. I, I've not played the golf course. It almost seemed like an easy, like if you didn't take on some of the trouble, it doesn't seem like that hard of a golf course to shoot 70 to 72, right? Which is all he needed to do. But if you do take on, and this is what I thought was the, the brilliance of the course, if you do take on bunkers and internal OB and all these different things, then you bring a lot of variance into play. You could shoot 63 on an easier day. You could also shoot 81, you know, if, if, if you're, if you start bringing, if you start hitting it into some of those bunkers. So I thought that made, it made Harmon's job at least physically a little bit easier, but it also, I thought made the tournament for the most part until Harmon took the lead, like really interesting in terms of the way that the, the guys chose to play the golf course. For, from a strategic sense or and a statistical sense, Patrick, uh, one of the things that Greg and I talked about was you kind of had to be one or the other. So taking the trouble off the tee out of play is done with either a ton of accuracy or a ton of distance. So look at the top three on the leaderboard. Brian Harmon, Tom Kim, Sepp Straka are like three of the top 20 most drive- accurate drivers of the golf ball on tour. Then you get like Rom, Rory, Victor, Cam Young. That's like guys who take it out of play in a different way because they could take it over. So you had to be 
such a, a good driver of the golf ball to keep uh, the trouble out of play off the tee and then kind of turn the golf course into a different type of math equation. It, it was really highlighted kind of the, the difference in style on number two. Granted, Cam Young was from the chaser position and he kind of had to push the envelope there, but he ripped a driver. It was phenomenal camera angle by NBC, split oh. the bunkers up there. And meanwhile, Brian Harmon hit a three wood laid back like 25 yards short of the bunker. And I think to Kyle's point, it was really a sprint those first two rounds. And then once you're out in front, it's, it's a great golf course to be a leader on it. Like we saw it with Rory McIlroy. We, we just saw it with Brian Harmon, where if he just does what he does, like you said, Rick, a, a very accurate driver doesn't have to really force the issue at all. Like Greg said, he, he's a good enough putter where he'll get enough bonus putts to drop uh, you know, he knew that coming in, he putted the absolute crap out of the golf ball. The first two days, he continued to do that over the weekend where you kind of just have to let everyone else trip over themselves who are chasing you. And like I, like I said, he probably would have taken 10 under that's where he stood after 36 holes. He would have taken that after 72 holes and been very happy about it. He just happened to be three strokes better than that. Six shots was the margin of victory for Brian Harmon. Greg, I mean, how will we look back at this major championship? You know, I was on HQ, and this is different from Danny Willett being the benefactor of Jordan Spieth's collapse at the Masters. (laughs) We got to bring that up. Sorry. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, when you get this, like, 100-1 to or 200-1 to winner at a major championship and you you think about how that's going to be looked at, you know, five or ten years from now. Brian Harmon lapped the field. He tied records that uh, only Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy had. He wins at Royal Liverpool, which, you know, Rory, Tiger, Peter Thompson, Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, et cetera, et cetera. This is, this was a historically large victory. Yes. Uh, And again, you know, six shots is funny as you mentioned that, um, because Patrick mentioned the bonus putts. I think he made six putts outside of 25 feet, um, which right there, there's your six shot win. Um, so that I found that to be interesting, but uh, how is this viewed? It, I think some of it, you know, you, you look at the past majors, what we've had in recent times, and there's been a lot of stars that have won majors. And if they're not stars like Wyndham Clark, there's an expectation that comes from it. You know, maybe Gary Woodland is the the last guy that's not a star or, or expectations weren't really affected a whole lot from it. Um, but but beyond that, I mean, we've had big time guys win these major championships. So it's really hard to kind of assess how this one is rated because in a way, I mean, it's probably going to get them onto the Ryder Cup team uh, in all likelihood. And I'm not sure what it does for him beyond that, other than a, a whole lot of confidence. A wonderful player on the PGA Tour, but you know the way that he is in interviews, the way that he is uh, off the golf course, he's very cool, calm, and collected, right? There's not a whole lot of star power with Brian Harmon, and I think that affects the way that it's remembered. So it's remembered as a phenomenal week from Brian Harmon that made him a major champion. Uh and I'm not sure that it's going to get rated as one of the best performances of all time in a major. Um, just just because 
it, it's not going to stack up to performances of Tiger Woods and uh, and John Rahm and and Rory McIlroy with didn't he, eight Did he beat Rory from 2014? Uh, Rory's, um, Rory's 2014 Open Championship victory, his margin of victory, is that what you're looking for? Uh, give me total strokes. Oh, total strokes was 271. What was what was Harmon? 271. I, 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 I agree with Greg, though. I think you kind of got to lump it into a Gary Woodland type or a Jimmy Walker type major, even though it was a historical performance and a tremendous achievement. At the end of the day, when you look back at major championships, you're not going to scroll through Wikipedia and be like, oh, my goodness. Remember the 2023 Open with Brian Harmon? Mm. No, probably not. You'll be instead be like, oh, my goodness. The 2022 Masters with Scotty Scheffler was amazing or some something else because who who wins majors heavily affects how people remember it yeah i i don't i just don't know that that should and i don't know that you guys are saying this but i think his like in terms of a historic it's kind of martin keimerish right from from the 2014 uh u.s open great comparison at, at pinehurst where it's i know keimerish won two uh major championships which makes not a lot of sense, but it, it's um, it's it's almost like this outlier major championship perform, like historic major championship performance. And I actually think it speaks. I think it speaks more to how difficult it is to for for stars to win majors. Right, you you look at Rom, you look at Fleetwood, you look at I don't know if Fleetwood and Rom are not in the same category, but you look at Rom, you look at Rory, you look at some of the guys that were up there, and you're like, man, what do I, what do I have to do? It, it, golf is so different in that you can't play defense, you can't, you have no control over what Brian Harmon is doing. It's different than tennis. It's different than baseball, football, bat, like all these, all these. You know, even most individual sports. I, I saw somebody the other day compare it to swimming. Was that you, Patrick? No, I compared it to uh, the Tour de France. Okay, <laughs> obviously, yeah. sure. But it's it just such felt a, like that. By the way, all week it's, 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 it's just Thank such you, a Greg. it's such a weird. It's crazy that somebody like Harmon, who's a fine player but not a great one, can just do this, and R- John Rum can do nothing about it. Right. And like he can't defend it. He can't whatever. It's just that's I mean, Rory's number. I I, I tweeted it. It's like he's beaten. So seven of the last eight majors take the 2023 Masters out of it. He's beaten or tied 992 out of 1019 competitors. So 97.4 percent. Zero major wins. Brian Harmon comes in. He has one top 25 in a major this year, and it's a claret jug. That's insane. Like, I, I, what, do, what do you do with that? You know, I, I think that part of it is what I think about often is that, and we've talked about this, Rick, is that consistency is almost not, it's inconsistency is disproportionately rewarded in golf, probably more than anywhere else, which is just, it, it's crazy. It's, it's so difficult to reconcile all that. You want to guess who gained the most strokes in major championships this year? I've done the tally. Uh, it's probably Scheffler, Brooks, or Hovland. Scheffler, 44, zero majors. 
Victor, 42, zero majors. Rom, 41, major. Kepka, Where's my boy? Where's my boy, Patrick Cantlay? Cantlay is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. So it is okay. Scotty, Victor, Rom, Brooks. So there's two major winners there. Rory, Xander, Cantlay, Tommy, Cam Smith, Tom Kim, Hideki. You go on. We don't get to Wyndham Clark for a while. Colin, Patrick Reed, Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, Sepp Straka, Terrell Hatton. Then we get to Wyndham. Then we got Shane Lowry, Minwoo, Ricky, Sahith, who missed the cut this week, Russell Henley. Then you get to Brian Harmon. Damn. Our boy Rory with with Tommy and the rest of that lot, Cantlay and Xander, tough scene. Um, But, Kyle, I'm going to bite back on your Martin Keimer take. Okay. I, I completely disagree. He had just won the Players' Championship. And he was the like, he had been world number one before. So I, I guess, yes, I, I, I'm with you. Martin Keimer is a much better historical player than, than Brian Harmon. I think I'm more talking about the way that we will remember the victory more than I am the player himself. Okay, that's fair. I yeah, would add just personality driven kind of. I, I think this performance kind of reminded me of Brian. Uh, I was thinking watching Brian Harmon of Martin Keimer uh, throughout this week after Friday's round. You know, Martin Keimer shot 265s to start, separated himself. And then, you know, every time there was an op- it looked like he was going to flinch, he made a 10 footer or got up and down from the short side with a putter from off the green. Uh, and just kind of in a similar way, we were rooting for a, a mistake because you want to have some drama, like you said, Kyle. And the, the short game and the putting around that 10 foot mark really kept Keimer and his lead untouchable. And it did the same for Brian Harmon this week. So I, I, um, I think it's interesting to compare the two. Harmon's a, Harmon's a killer. Like he's, he, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the skill set that some of these top guys have, but get, put him on the Ryder cup team. I'm in like, he's, he's a menace and that's to his credit. Like he, he, it was easy for people to root against him or to pull for drama or wanted it to be more competitive or whatever. But I think, I think we should appreciate like that dude went out and like did it, you know, over the last 36. And we've seen a lot of guys not do that. And I, I just, I, I think people are maybe it, what's getting lost in some of this is people are just not appreciating that he is kind of a he's kind of nasty, and I I I I loved that about him over the over the last two rounds. Largest margins of victory in men's major championships: fifteen Tiger, two thousand U.S. Open. Tom, old Tom Morris, thirteen the eighteen sixty two Open Championship. Tiger did it at the ninety mm. seven Masters. That was twelve strokes. Young Tom Morris, twelve eighteen seventy British Open. Willie Smith, eleven at the eighteen. Willie Smith's got a great story. 1899 U.S. Open champion. Uh, He moved to Mexico City to become the golf pro. He would not leave his post at the uh, during the Mexican Revolution. He was injured at the the whole thing's it's insane. You should go read his like Wikipedia page. It's awesome. But what I did not envision talking about Willie Smith and the Mexican Revolution when I woke up today. Listen, bud, I've had a lot of time. This was a a 36 hole coronation. I've had a lot of time to you know (laughs) dive into all of this stuff. Uh, so Brian Harmon adding his name to some of the largest major championship victories of all time. 
I think what we'll do here, we'll give Brian Harmon this A block. We'll reset and get to some of the chase pack and everything else that happened. So first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. And we're back. The board behind Brian Harmon was tight, Greg. Four golfers at seven under. Tom Kim, Sepp Straka, Jason Day, John Rahm. Two more at six under. Emiliano Grillo, Rory McIlroy. Two more at five under. Sharma, Young. I mean, this this removed Brian Harmon from the equation. Uh, this thing was very tight for who was going to finish second. Yeah, I mean, you end up with, you if you remove Brian Harmon, you end up with a four-way playoff. Well, I know that uh, things uh, would obviously change if you remove Brian Harmon. Um, but ultimately, some really good stuff behind him. Uh, but it also, in the Peloton, let's call it Patrick, um, the, the Peloton had a hard time moving today uh, and yesterday. And it was really hard to get for the, the right guy, you know, the guy that's the closest, like Cam Young today, um, it, you know, it was hard for them to be the guys to make the move. I forget who was in second, uh, I guess Fleetwood. You know, if Fleetwood plays the John Rom round, this gets really tight. But those guys, those closest competitors to Brian Harmon couldn't quite move to make it a real threat. Uh, and that was, in large part, I think, the difficulty of the golf course. 
especially that middle stretch. Rory really struggled in that, you know, seven to 13 area. Um, and, and a lot of guys had a hard time in that area of the golf course piling up birdies. So the, the test of this major championship, I think really kept the, uh, the chase pack back. Oh, sorry, Patrick. I thought you were jumping in there. That's on me. Uh, let's go. Let's start with let's start with Tom Kim here, Patrick, because uh, we know he gets hurt. I'm not, I don't know why I'm laughing. He injures himself on Monday. He showed up to the Sunday final round of the Open Championship on crutches. Okay? Did he? Did he really? That, yes. Oh my God! What a drama queen! <laughs> he shot a 67, four under, gets his best major championship finish, T two. Uh, they say they say golfers aren't athletes. He was yeah, on well, freaking crutches. I, I think they're still saying that. Is <laughs> he got a yeah. or is he suing somebody? <laughs> he slipped off. Did he ever head. say what happened? He just slipped. Yeah, yeah, hold on. I'll find like the real. But he he a uh, wet grass at his oh rental house. God. Um, he slipped on the pa- slipped off the patio, stepped off the patio, slipped on a wet patch of grass. Said it was a very unfortunate thing. It's pretty bruised. I can't take my shoe off, really. Um, it's a torn ligament. And that, that article is from earlier in the week, but I, I'll find one. They showed up. Yeah, today he wow. arrived on crutches. Are people comparing it to the 2008 U.S. Open yet? They should. <laughs> the, I mean, these damn Gen Zers, they just want attention. They want to be in the headlines. I, I'm... I'm not really buying the injury when you shoot. What do you shoot over the weekend? Like six under or something? Hell yeah. Post ankle injury. Mm -mm. It it doesn't pass the sniff test, but look, Tom Kim, very quietly, a very, very good links golf player. And what you guys were saying about Brian Harmon, just peppering fairways and making putts. That's really been Tom Kim's MO early in his career. Uh, So a really strong start. I thought he had a few more opportunities. He didn't take advantage of uh, 17. I think he had a look and then 18, he didn't make a birdie as well. So at at that point, the tournament was over, but you'll look back on this and be like, Oh my God, Tom Kim finished runner up at this open championship. And, and and it's really good. I, I think people forget. We always talk about young guns on this show that he's still, only 21 years of age when we have people like Ludwig and people coming out of college who are 23, 24. Uh, so it, it's really impressive. I think it was the best finish by a 20 year old, one year old since Spieth. Uh, so you think he's going to injury? I'm not going to, I'm not going to say fake, but maybe he, uh, to what benefit uh, to get the headline in the article you just read. Trust me, that <laughs> article was read by me and me alone based on that. <laughs> Rick also wrote it. Uh, <laughs> Four people Googling Tom Kim. I, I, I've i been kind of bearish on Tom Kim, like not, not buying, selling after the President's Cup and selling to Patrick. Have you been buying? <laughs> Oh no, I'm I've been selling to it's a fire sale uh, over here. Yeah, it's yeah, it might be a yeah, it's it's a bu- it's a, the bubble has burst perhaps, but I think the thing about about Tom Kim is that this is the type of if he's going to win a major, I think this is the type of major for him to win, right? Because it's not it's not as if length didn't matter, but you could play the course well without it. 
you know, is, is Tom Kim going to win a PGA championship at Beth page? Absolutely not. Like that, that isn't, that will never happen, but he could win an open championship at Royal Troon or, you know, like it, it just, I think this is the type of major that, that sets up uh, really well for him to, to, to succeed at. The other, or one of the others uh, in second place was John Rom. Greg. Uh, Rom did the vast majority of his work on Saturday. That 63 that had never been shot around Royal Liverpool in open championships uh, was followed up by a Sunday 70. I think he was kind of the, um, I don't want to say the hope, but the guy that, that, that people were hoping they were going to wake up this morning and see was already three or four under par and, and giving, uh, giving Brian Harmon a, a run for his money here. It'll be another runner up finish for Rombo. Another great finish, but I don't, I don't think he cares. No, um, you know, and actually you heard him on 15 after hitting kind of a disappointing wedge shot. He said, you got, you got nothing to lose. That is just terrible. Yeah. He does not care about, you know, he, he does not care about finishing second and he shouldn't. Um, so what happened today? Well, John Rom gave on those first four holes, he gave himself a lot of uh, birdie putts and almost made it pretty much all of them. The problem is they were from 40 feet. You know, he, he just, he kept hitting it to 35 feet all day. He hits 14 greens today. You know, he's in position, but he could not get the ball close to the hole. Uh, there was one, what on uh, maybe on 13, maybe on 17, he, he hit very few shots in a, you know, um, a, a make in, in make zone, very few. And, uh, on five, he gave himself a look, um, which was, which was close, but you just put so much on the putter. And it, in fact, it's the same thing that he did yesterday. Maybe he hit it a little closer yesterday, but he made a lot of long putts yesterday and it's hard to replicate that. And that's what we talked about last night, Rick, in, in the likelihood or lack of likelihood that John Rom follows up a 63 with another one, which is kind of what he needed to do in order to win this. So that was a, that was a challenge, but he played some really good golf, uh, especially considering taking so much time off. You know, he took off from the travelers all the way to here. I'm not sure. I, I like that play. I understand it with the upcoming schedule and his schedule goes even beyond the uh, tour championship as he'll start to play some DP world tour events after that. Um, but I just wonder if, you know, if he had a, if he had played the Scottish the week before, does round one look a little bit different for him? Uh, hard for me to, you know, go past that in my mind. The let me just read you off uh, John Rahm's major championship finishes from most recent uh, runner-up T10 T50 win. That's this year. Thirty fourth, twelfth, forty eighth, twenty seventh. That's twenty twenty two. Here's twenty twenty one. Third, first, eighth, fifth. 7th, 23rd, 13th, 11th, 3rd. It's pretty good, Kyle. Yeah, it's it's the it's the Rory formula of just knocking knocking on the door, being right there, being right there over and over again. This year felt like or excuse me, this week felt like Justin Rose in 2018 at Carnoustie when he made the cut on the number and then finished I think he finished T2 behind Molinari, which was wild. And it's just such a difficult it's such a difficult spot to to put yourself in because he needed instead of being Justin Rose 
2018, he needed to be Phil Mickelson in 2016, uh, right? Where where you're keeping pace every single day with the guy that's that's completely lapping the field. So, uh, yeah, just it, it, the first two days, it, it was always going to be difficult to 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 back up that 63 with even anything in the mid 60s, much less another 63, which is around what he would have needed to uh, to, to win the golf tournament. So. That was just it was it was too he put himself in too big of a hole over the first two days. Uh, speaking of Roy McElroy, Patrick, he gave us uh, the mini sweat three under through his first five holes. He played the rest of them, though, at even par a three under 68. So we go 69, 68 on the weekend. It's a T6. It'll be a yellow box on Wikipedia. It will not be a trophy. And we go into year number 10 between majors. First, I just want to say. What an honor I've been waiting for it this. was to serve with you guys this week. I was tweeting up a storm for our guy. I mean, look at that rain suit. How could you not be rooting for I him? I hate that rain suit, by the way. <laughs> I kind of like yeah. it. You know, you get mm. a lot of blues and navies, I, out, navies, blacks. You know, for a reason. It is tan, yeah. and when it gets wet, it's like dark. I hate that he has this race. It looks like it looks like a suit that my dad wore in like the nineties or yes, something. I hate it. I They're hate coming it. back. They're coming it's, back. But it's not it's not ideal. But as I was saying to you guys before, uh, you know, I, I just count myself as one of the luckiest people in the world to experience the full Rory roller coaster this week. The the early runs, especially today. And then kind of just coming up short there, but another quality top 10 finish. It felt like an internship. I got a ton of experience under my belt, but <laughs> I, I think this is where my watch ends. You guys on the wall, you guys are fighting the good fight, but I got to go elsewhere. I got to go to King's Landing, check up on uh, Daenerys Targaryen and whatnot. But for me and Rory McIlroy, what this championship came down to, it was not today. It was the final 13 holes of his third round to play those in one over when the golf course yeah. was playing half a stroke under par for the entire day. You can't be doing that. And yes, the putter was a big cul culprit there, but the driver as well, he handcuffed himself on the two back nine par fives, wasn't able to give it a go in two on either of those. Didn't he did make a, a birdie late or a, no, he didn't. He wasn't able to make birdie on either of those. And when you're giving up those shots, when it was legitimately moving day, uh, yes, he was nine back coming into today, but if he was five with that start, it's more believable. But like, like Greg said, that middle stretch of the golf course can play pretty hard, but there's, there's really just nothing more to say. We've done this dance before. We've seen this movie. We're on to the next one. Can I go, Rick? Please, you don't have to ask. <laughs> so I think that you could talk yourself pretty easily into like he could have won three of the last five, right? I mean, that would take a, like a Brian Harmon not playing in this tournament. But for as much as we've talked about, hey, hey Rory's got a lot of backdoor top 10, backdoor top 10, backdoor top 10. The last... 13 months have been like front or side door top sixes top fives it, it seems like he's he's 
putting himself in more of in a better position to actually win the tournament. Whereas like before 20, I think you look at 2016 to 2022, really other than the 18 masters when he was in the final pairing with Reed, uh, I guess 18 open to, he finished, I think second there to, to Francesco Molinari tied with Justin Rose. Um, there, there wasn't a ton of like real contention. It looks, it looks yellow on the Wikipedia page, but it wasn't, it wasn't like this. Um, so you could take that a couple different ways. You could say, well, he's getting, he's close, he's close, he's close. And if you're that close that many times, you're going to win a couple, right? That, that, I think that's really what you're trying to do as a great player is just be in it, in it, in it, in it, and then win two or three of them over the course of eight years, 10 years, right? Two or three is a lot when you already have four. Um, or you could look at it and say like, oh, he's, he's missing opportunities. He's missing his best opportunities. Cause that's what these last three, of these last five have been among his best opportunities in the, over the course of his entire career. So I don't know how you guys look at that. I don't even know how I look at it. I think it takes a little bit of time to kind of, you, you want to put some distance between yourself and the, and the golf tournament to kind of evaluate that. Um, but it's got to be frustrating. It's got to be frustrating to have seven top eight finishes over the last two years and and nothing and nothing to show for it. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty top tens uh, in the last nine years and zero wins. You know that's that's a healthy amount of top tens, right? It's it's a lot of a lot of contention or near contention, but there just always seems to be some kind of a hiccup. You know, something that holds him back. And when he was winning majors, there wasn't, right? He was able to extend leads and um, get on hot starts and get a lot of momentum going. And and it felt like when you watch, you knew he was going to win. And now you watch and it feels like you know he's not going to win. And it, it's kind of disappointing. Like, you know, what we saw at the Scottish Open last week was a huge... Uh, well, we saw a miss putt at 16 that made you think, okay, here we go again. And then he answers the bell on 17 and 18, which was unexpected. But we're, we're not getting those kind of moments in majors at any point over the course of four days where there's the big Rory McIlroy moment, the major winning moment. And, and that's the thing that's really missing for him. Look, this week was a hard-fought week. I didn't think he had his best stuff. Uh, you know, the... Iron play in the first four or five holes throughout the week was really good. It got everybody really excited. And then it teetered off. You know, he played seven through 13, five over with no, no birdies in there throughout the entire week. Um, and a lot of that comes from Aaron iron shots left and right. Um, and, and so I, I thought this week Rory was fighting his game a little bit more than some of those previous opportunities he had. But when we get into next year, which feels like it's forever away, you know, he's going to have to do something when he gets himself under under pressure. He's going to have to have that signature moment. Uh, and that, that's the thing that's been missing over these last nine years. Here is uh, a quote, Kyle, you tweeted this out. Rory on his performance this week, quote, over the last two years, would I have loved to have picked up one Picked one of those off that I finished up there? Absolutely. But every time I tee it up, or most times I tee it up, I'm right there. I can't sit here and be too frustrated. My game is 
you think about my performances in the majors between like 2016 and 2019, it's a lot better than that. He ends with, I'm optimistic about the future and just got to keep plugging away. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of what I was saying earlier of, of it's not a, it's very difficult to do what Brian Harmon did. You basically have to make everything you look at for four straight days, right? Even, um, you know, and and if Rory makes everything he looks at for four straight days, he's going to win by like 10. Um, So he, he, he has more opportunities to make putts than most guys. um, But it's it's just it's so i think everybody wants rory to go out and and it's like hey just go in by six you're like well that's freak that's really hard like that's very difficult the 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 formula is to put yourself in the top five uh major after major after major and you'll get hot on one of them somebody will fall apart in another one and you'll end up with six or seven at the end of your career I, i think that's I think that's the the formula for a great player. I don't know. Do you guys disagree? Does anybody disagree with that? Because I, it's not. I'm just sort of pontificating. I don't. I don't. I don't know like what the answer is here for him. I, I think there's. I I generally fall on the side of like there's so much more luck in this than than we think there is, or that people want to admit there is. So yes, I believe the formula is by the 65th hole, be around it, like be around it and it's going to take a lot either way for you to get one or for anybody else to get one and hope that you are the recipient of said win luck there was a i uh, I think there's a lot of luck involved as well yeah i mean brian Harmon's the perfect example of that there's an interesting quote from padrick harrington he was asked about rory and he said He's easily good enough. We all know that. He could win at any stage. But as, but as I said, it's a little more complicated than just being good enough. There's other guys who are good enough. There's plenty of guys out there. The standard is very deep. Plenty of guys who are competing and playing. Rory has to bring his A game. That's just it. I see he's pretty much down where I am in putting this week, and I can tell you that's pretty miserable. He's not going to win tournaments putting like that this week. And, you know, it's interesting, Greg. You said he had his B game. Or what did you, did you say B game? Not I his didn't best use that word. Yeah, not his best. Not his best stuff. And he still finished, I think, Rick second from tee to green. He finished top ten off the tee and top ten in approach play. And I, th- yeah, second tee to green. I have for me the last two majors, LACC and this one. That's as that's as good as to, to me. That's as good as I've seen him hit it at a major. In, I mean, he, LACC was a joke. Like how well he hit it. But you have to, I mean, I don't know. The putting thing is interesting because it's like, okay, is that physical? Is it mental? Like he's hitting it well enough to win a major, I guess is what I'm saying. And then it's everything else. Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it emotional? Is it what, you know, what, what's, what's going on there? I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he, he knows. And I think that's part of the fun of all of this is both him and everyone else trying to figure out what it will take to, to get him to that point even though Patrick's ejecting and going to a different company. That's a, yeah. Uh, I, I put in my two Roy weeks needs. notice. I w- it was an internship, Greg. It was a fun <laughs> summer. You guys treated me so- to some nice happy hours, some rooftop yeah. parties. Uh, but I got to go back to school. I got to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, but I-, I-, I think to Kyle's point about how to pick off the next major, I, I do agree that, that's the formula to just be very good at golf 
and inside the top five each time. Brave. But it it, it is it's almost the Scotty Scheffler conversation of this season. How I just how do you pick yourself up time and time and time again? And who's to say this is like yeah, Rory's been all time for the past decade. Uh, you know, look at him statistically. He he wins at a phenomenal clip, yada yada yada. But who's to say it doesn't drop off in, in a year or two or something like yeah. that? You, you just never know with these windows. You look at Justin Thomas this year; it's been abysmal. So it, it's hard to sit here and be like, "That's the formula for the next three to four years." When he probably should have gotten at least one more over the last two years. And, and yeah, there's been outlier performances, Brian Harmon, Wyndham Clark, Cameron Smith. Uh, and, and that just has to do with the luck, but I don't know. Sometimes you just, you got to go out there and win it like Brian Harmon did. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Like sometimes you just have to go out and win it. And I guess that's a little bit of what I'm getting at with the, 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 like the way for him to go out and win it. And that's what Patrick Harrington was saying. It's like complete, you got to putt, you got to make putts. Right. And he, he's a good putter. I think everybody, everybody thinks he's, everybody thinks that like him, DJ, these guys that are great hitters are bad putters. They're actually like, DJ is a really, really good putter. So is Rory's not quite as good. I don't think as DJ, but he's a above average putter. And like, it just hasn't, um, it just seemingly hasn't clicked when you think about St. Andrews, LACC. He didn't hit it great at St. Andrews on Sunday, but he hit it. He hit it wonderfully at LACC. I thought he hit it good this week. Just nothing dropped, and I don't know. So maybe it's as simple as like you got to make putts. Is that it, Rick? Uh, no, but um, I mean, you have to make some putts. You don't have to make all the putts. I mean, you you got to handle the moment, right? There's the opportunity that step that arises at some point on the back nine on Sunday, you know, you when to, the tournament actually starts. You have to make and, the right putts. Yeah, you got to make the right putts. And he, well, hasn't, he hasn't done that. Or, or hit he, the right wedge shot at the U.S. Open. Right, right. Yeah. Or go yeah. for the green in two yeah, instead not, of lay up. Yeah, there's a lot. You know, there's there are a lot of... There are a lot of these tournaments where you play well and you you get beat and you, you never really get it going. But there are the ones like St. Andrews last year, the U.S. Open this year, you know, maybe even gotta go Southern get it. Hills. Yeah, you got to there, – there's a, a moment where you got to step up and take it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's – that's the major the, moment I talk about, right? I think it's a fair critique. And it's, it's, uh, I think that, and, it, and it's, a, it's a critique that you want as a star, right? Because it means that you're putting yourself in position to actually go and do that. It's just, it's just hard because sometimes you have Cam Smith shoot 30 on the back on Sunday, and sometimes you have Brian Harmon make 59 of 60 putts inside of 10 feet. I mean, there's just so many things, but you're right. Like, I think a good, a fair critique of great players is if you have a mo, if you have, if you're in it, you got to go do it. And I think that's a, I think that's a fair critique of Rory and one that he would probably make of himself as well. And and I I think of last word, we're we're talking about Southern Hills. I think of Justin Thomas down the stretch there when he smelled blood in the water, like him barking at his golf ball on that approach in the second hole. Yeah. Like I know we saw Rory just do that at the Scottish open kind of, but 
it is kind of hard to envision Rory McIlroy doing something like that on the back nine on Sunday in a major championship. Well, in two hundred in two hundred and sixty whatever days, we're gonna get Rory's tenth crack at winning the career Grand Slam, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about Rory McIlroy. <laughs> and then, couple of quick hitters, Greg. You get your choice of Cam Young, Tommy Fleetwood, or Victor Hovland. Who would you like? Uh, I would like Cam Young. Cam Young out of the final pairing on Sunday shot a two over 73, which is certainly uh, disappointing for him. It's going to be a T8, another great finish at the Open Championship. He went runner-up last year, T8 this year. It is only two trips. We saw a lot of good from Cam Young this week, but he's probably a little disappointed in his Sunday. Definitely disappointed in Sunday. I know one was playing really difficult, but... Uh, tough drop and another shot there to extend Brian Harmon's lead. Uh, but five was really the turning point for me where Brian Harmon has to take an unplayable, hit it in the gorse bushes. Uh, and, and Cam Young has iron into the green and, and ends up tying the hole. You know, that, that is really deflating. Uh, and then on the next, he makes birdie, but he uh, is answering Brian Harmon. So he couldn't gain any ground. Um, and then I think you saw some frustration the west, rest of the way for Cam Young. But this ball striking performance was really impressive through the week. And ultimately, it's almost like a, a season saver this week. Ended up with a, with a tied eighth finish here. It, it, um, it, it kind of re-enters Cam Young into the conversation as one of the top players in the game. And it probably puts him on the Ryder Cup team. I think he answered a lot of questions this week about his game. Uh, you know, some people were wondering, like, is is he just lost? And I don't think that's the case at all. Patrick, Victor Hovland, or Tommy Fleetwood? Uh, can, can I get Zach Johnson? You may not. Uh, I will go with Tommy Ladd. Tommy Ladd. After getting everybody all hot and bothered with a 66 on Thursday, he goes 71, 71. 72 uh, that included a pretty nasty triple on 17 in which he had to just gently nudge his ball a little bit further into that sandy area uh, which was an amazing an amazing little moment but it's going to be a t10 for tommy at a major and um i guess all is right in the world he kind of just i'm a huge tommy fleetwood fan i, I want to put that out there before I kind of go poo-poo on him a little bit. He It, it kind of just seems like he walks around and his shoes are always wet. Like it, there, there wasn't a lot of energy out there for him over the weekend, the, despite what the fans wanted. And look, first 18 holes, he had six birdies. The final 54 holes, six birdies. And we, we talked about the ebbs and flows of Brian Harmon's weekend rounds and how similar they were. He, he got himself into that final round on Saturday and after an early birdie, he cut it to two, and he missed a very short birdie putt on the fifth to keep pace with Harmon, to keep it within two. And after that, he just made absolutely nothing on the greens. And before, I mean, before that final birdie on the 72nd hole, the only his birdies this weekend were five, five, and 18. Three par fives. That was it. And you, you just can't do that on this golf course, given the Saturday conditions. And a after Saturday, he was, he was kind of out of it. But 
disappointing. Uh, you know, we t- I, I talked about Rory McIlroy on the back nine on Sunday in a major championship. It's even worse for Tommy Fleetwood's case. It, like, it, it just I would have walked off into the D after after the uh, after the seventeenth. I would have just just walked. You're talking about you know lack of energy from like Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas barking at his ball. The fans were begging Tommy Fleetwood to do anything to get uh, them like energized and there it was nothing it was not even right if you go six birdies six bogeys at least they're like fired him up it was no juice he he, he parred the the liverpool loyalist into submission <laughs> just beating them down with pars and then one final knockout blow with that that triple bogey but it, it's really hard it would have been such a cool story and after the first uh. 18 it, it felt realistic but there's just there's something there there like it, it has to be mental he's too good of a ball striker it's similar to rory not on as great as a sample size on big of a stage but it's something there on the back nine come crunch time uh for fleetwood victor hovland kp uh got off to a hard start goes out in 40 does a little bit of rebounding on the second nine, birdies on 11, 15, 18. That's three under on the back. Two over for his championship Sunday. He's going to finish T13, which, um, I'll tell you what, he's had a good had a good major championship season uh, despite not that the front nine today not going the way he wanted. Yeah, I, I tweeted this on Saturday. I think Hovland has changed my mind about him more than anybody else this, this major season. I mean, if you just look at his... Do you have his finishes uh, at the majors in in front of you, or you can get him here in a second? Got him. Um, he he just has figured out. Uh, he, he's figured out major championship golf, and I don't know if I think. I mean, I already thought that about somebody like Brooks, right? Who won this year? I already I already thought that about about somebody like Rom. Maybe Wyndham Clark is up there about like guys that I think differently about. Uh, Brian Harmon is is not because this is like just so obviously a one off for his for his career, like probably probably seemingly not going to happen again. Um, But Hovland is like the guy that this major season, it's like, okay, this is this is very different than what I thought you were. And I already thought he was good, but it's like he's unlocked not just the physical side, but the mental side of major championships. I, th- I think he gets one. I think it, I would be very surprised if Victor Hovland did not win a major in the next, let's say, four years. 42 strokes gained second to just uh, Scotty Scheffler in major championships this year. He has uh, the T13 from today, 19th at the U.S. Open, runner-up at the PGA, 7th at the Masters, mm-hmm. going back to last year, a T4. So that is five straight top 19s with three yeah. of them being – top sevens so yeah starting to starting to figure it out indeed gents we will uh take another break here we will recap our best bets oh boy we will update the one and done and we will put a bow on the 151st open championship but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Our bets were very, very stinky. Uh, No wins to be found anywhere. A couple of pushes are the only things we can tout along with a couple of close calls like a Cam Young, a Tommy Fleetwood, a bunch of Victor Hovland, and Rory McIlroy outright. None of those cash. Uh, a Wyndham Clark best bet that missed by a, a stroke. Just not not much going for us here, Greg. No, not a lot at all. I mean, the Minwoo Lee top 20 thing's really disappointing. Um, that looked like a lock for a while. Um, the outrights, I mean, you kind of know those are going to be red uh, at this point. But other than that... I mean, you'd love to hit a matchup or a top 20, you know, Cam Young was sitting out there. Ah, killer. There was, I mean, the, the, uh, the Victor Cam Young, Tommy Fleetwood, Rory McIlroy were the outrights that were in it. Like for a lot of this, we were all, yeah, we had it surrounded. And then Dustin Johnson was in it for like three minutes. Yeah. For the first couple holes. It's barely in the tournament. Oh boy. Uh, one and done. So this was a pretty sizable person. I think it was 16 and a half million, $3 million for first for Brian Harmon. Nobody had him shocker. Uh, there were a couple of camp Smith selections that at the top and the bottom, Mark and Kyle KP, he got you 84,112. Well, that's more than he would have gotten me the rest of the year. So that is true. Uh, yeah, in retrospect, I think LACC was a much better venue than this one for him, just in terms of the way he drives it. Uh, he was kind of crooked throughout the week off the tee. I think the surprise for him, not to make this too big picture, this year is is thriving at, at the PGA at Oak Hill. That, that, that one to me is the kind of the outlier on his major resume this year. So not super disappointing, but... I thought he could play well this week. I thought he could finish in the top 15 or so. Three selections of Dustin Johnson, the fans, Sia, and Patrick. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. Um, let me reach. Yeah, $0 from Dustin Johnson. He missed the cut. Uh, Josh doesn't even give you like the the 10K that you get when you miss the cut at a major. You don't even get that. I, I was really banking on that because me and Kyle are in a full-on battle for bo- bottom of the cellar. But look, I, I've said everything I, I, I've had to say to my team. We're just gonna we're gonna try something different. We're gonna trot out some young guys to end the season, get some reps under their belt. So we're already on to 2024. Uh, we're we're done. We're toast. There's nothing else we can do. The good news is I still have Open Champion winner Brian Harmon at my, dis- <laughs> at my disposal. So. That that's really the last calling card I might have, but outside that, I'm giving up. Wow! He always gets, he always gets me with those little those little you know 
all things daggers yeah so funny um <laughs> Greg, you had Victor Hovland, two hundred and thirty-two thousand dollars. But uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, could have been so much better, you know. But I, I always go back to the pick, and Brian Harmon was the guy I had circled all year for this, and I panicked. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> you, you and Mark both probably. Yeah, oh, man. No, this was. Uh, I still. I think it was the right pick. I was kind of. I wanted to get a live guy in there, um, but I didn't really like DJ. Um, and I'm, I'm very glad about that. So <laughs> that being said, uh, I, I still think it was the right pick. I just wish it was a better Sunday for, for Victor. Cause it could have been, could have made for a really nice week, especially that I was lone wolf on him, uh, which was surprising to me. I did not expect to be lone wolf on Hovland. Uh, I was lone wolf on Jordan Spieth, 121,000, but the winner of the week, Kyle M, Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy lad, 377,000, but that triple on 17 was pretty expensive for Kyle M, who is closing the gap on Mark, just 1.1 million behind. If anybody not named Rick is going to win this, I really hope it's Kyle M. I just hope it's not Mark. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't want it to be Mark. I would rather finish last and Mark not win than. <laughs> and Mark hey, uh, listener Joe Joe M had a question in the chat about about whether about whether we uh, we think Tom or Tommy is more likely to win a major over the course of their careers. I mean, Tom, young Tom Kim, as Solly called him, and or uh, I guess he said less likely, not more likely. Tom Tommy, no Tom. Apologies. Already has like two wins. Tommy's got, I don't know, man. I think, I think Tom, I think, well, first off, Tom Kim's going to get like a hundred cracks at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joe, M's Tom Kim's going to be like a billionaire. <laughs> at, at what point does, I mean, Tom Kim is already, I know I just gave him crap for being a Gen Z attention hog, but he's already more <laughs> mature than Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, this guy's name is Tommy. At what point does he drop the, I agree with Tom that. Fleetwood. Yeah. At what point does <laughs> no. he? Young Tom, Tom Fleetwood. Fleetwood Tom, Tom Ladd. Cuts his hair. Tom wins a major championship. Old Tom Fleetwood and young Tom Kim. Exactly. I, I, I think absolutely Tom Kim. I think it's Fleetwood. I'm not giving up on Fleetwood. I'm, Tom in, Kim, I'm in on Tom, Fleetwood too. Tom Kim. In, okay. So if he goes to the Matt Fitzpatrick School of Speed Training, Yes. You can you can sign me up for that, but which is very likely considering he's twenty one. He is like not even a grown man yet. He's a grown <laughs> yeah. boy. That's what that's that's the that's the path. Like that's how you would talk me into picking Tom Cam here. Do you think this ankle injury will stun his growth? <laughs> <laughs> very good point, Greg. I don't think a lot of people are talking about that. <laughs> Rick said crutches. That I don't know. Brian a multi-year just, deal. It doesn't matter how big he is. Brian Harmon just outlined the path to to short kings winning majors. It's possible. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying is if you believe that if if you're not buying on on Tom Kim in terms of like his length and his inability to contend because of it at majors, then he only gets one chance a year, which is the open, and not even every year. I, I just I, I think Fleetwood. I think there's. Of course, he is younger, so he'll have like he'll get to play in like thirty opens. Uh, so I I don't know. It's a good question. It's interesting. 
Uh, Mark has a comment that says he, this is a nice compliment for you. Patrick says he loves the dry humor and who is Kyle M it's a mysterious man. Yeah. The M in uh, for Kyle M stands for mysterious. That's who he is. He's in second of our one and done. And we're hoping that he dethrones Mark. That's basically okay, it. I, I, I got a question. Who, who ends their career with more majors between Rory and Rom? Uh, probably Rom. Wait, sorry. No, Rom's at two. Rory's at four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ron's I gotta go Rory. I gotta just go Rory. It's so hard. It's gonna be so hard to win two more for anybody. Do you think Imagine Rory wins? Anyone winning two more? I don't know how anybody ever wins one at all. I don't either. It's <laughs> every week. I'm like, how is this possible? How who, who do you think wins one anything? next? I, I think it's uh, first in wins type of deal. Whoever wins next, the next one. Yeah. So who, who do you have I mean, more faith in now? Two is a huge lead. That's the it's, only thing for it's, me. It's it's no, it's a lot. It's DJ's career. Right. Yeah. It's John Robb's career up to this point. You know, it like you're it's you're not just gonna duplicate that. He could go on a run and win ten. I mean, I wouldn't I, like he's got that kind of game, but uh, that's not going to happen. Wait, so who, who is so hard? Next sentence. He could go on a run and get the. Who, who? Which guy are you even talking about? Uh, well, both, I guess. Tom Kim. They're not. It's just so unlikely. You know, I, Rom could win every single time he tees it up. That's the that's the point I'm trying to make. Rory can win every time he tees it up, but you got Brian Harmon's jumping in there. You know, Wyndham Clark's jumping in there. Uh, trying to steal these majors from these guys. So, I mean, I, I, just, think, I take the lead in a, in a instance like this and go. Yeah. Over. I think, I think you're right. I think what's interesting about the Rory thing and Rom is like, you look at what, like what Rory, what is, what Rory has done over the last two years of not winning, it could flip the other way. Right. And if he, he finishes in the top 10, the next, like in every major for the next two years, he could win like, like three of them. You know, like that, that wouldn't be, I mean, it would be surprising. It wouldn't be like shocking if you're in the top eight that often. The first one will have a, you know, a, a surprise factor. And after that, I think everybody will expect the floodgates to open. What is more likely uh, Rory winning two more majors or golf adding a fifth major? <laughs> I don't think we're that far away from a fifth major, honestly. I I, I saw uh, someone with a big voice pitch that earlier in the week. Who? Yes, I saw this too. I pitched this at the match play like three years ago. Who pitched uh, it? Are you are you gonna send him a season desist? No, uh, I mean, we, uh, he's, well, he's, he's gotten, gotten a few of those. Yeah, he's been on the bad end of a couple couple suits. Uh, I, you could say he he wears one. When he's talking on TV as well. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, no, I don't know what his pitch was, but um, actually, he might have made block. No, I don't know if he has been blocked or not. Um, the Michael the, Block. Michael Block. Oh, Michael Block is still Shout making his rounds. Have you seen what he's, what he's been up to? Yeah, he's he's taking full advantage of the fifteen minutes. It's yeah, a long. He's bit. on the clock. But but realistically, the PGA Tour ha- has to find themselves in, in a major. Has to have a major championship. They would be very stupid not to. And you could do match play. You could make the players' championship a major, or you could add a major. But you can't just say we have a major. Why not? 
Who's there's no one controlling what is a major and what is not. You can absolutely say we we control it. Yes. Right. Well, I think I think what is interesting is like in this reshuffle of organizations. I mean, I think this is what you're saying, right? Like the reshuffle of golf organizations. It's like the tour, like whatever the NUCO is, has an opportunity to just start m- making stuff up, basically. Right. And why would you know if you're the PGA Tour, you are on the outside looking in for the four biggest events and you want in that world so bad. And there's no, it's not like there's a major committee that takes applications for what is a major championship. Everyone just like call, calls it a major and it's a major now. I don't know. I mean, look, the, you have the fifth best, the, the fifth biggest event uh, tournament stroke play tournament. There's a big gap, right? Yeah. Is there though? I mean, is does, does Wikipedia count it well the, i mean the players has its own section yeah. you know so does, so does other wins like i'm not sold on that what other league would have said the, you're, what, you're gonna be in fifth and you're gonna make everybody all upset because yeah. you're changing history okay so kyle say what you're gonna say because i think i have an answer i don't even know what, what the question is. i think I have what other answer. what other league would make their playoffs the the sixth most important thing of the year yeah that's crazy too Imagine if the NBA playoffs were the sixth most important thing that the NBA did in a year. The NBA, they, the NBA just added a new championship. Now they're going to have an in-season tournament. Yeah, that's crazy talk. You can do anything you want. There's nothing stopping anyone from doing anything they want. Yeah, but the, the but you're ignoring the fact that the NBA is one organization, and you're talking about one organization organization out of like six in in golf, right? Like you can't. If you're, the, if you're the tour or whatever the new thing is called, you can't control the other. Like, and they can't I, control I, you. Yeah, but I, I think you just run the risk of like declaring the players a major of just everybody laughing at you and making and just like looking yeah. foolish. That's why I wouldn't. That's why I would have to. It'd have to be something new. It's I, very uh, live golf esque, considering they wanted to create their own major as well. Yeah, like we demand to be taken serious type of, <laughs> type of deal. That's um, yeah. That that's that's your that's the risk that you run. What's the worst that can happen? You're. Uh, you're I mean, it, it, the, like the like last fifteen right the last fifteen months haven't been great, so <laughs> I don't know that it could get worse. Yeah, maybe um, now's not the time. What else? Uh, Scotty Scheffler's uh, top twelve streak is now a top twenty five streak, so we can just do that for a while. Um, <laughs> Any Can, other nuggies? Real quick on Scheffler. Oh gosh, yeah, we do. One, uh, real quick on Scheffler. Uh, his his four tee to green performances this year: second at the Masters, first at the PGA, third at the U.S. Open, third at the Open Championship. Yikes! From tee to green, putting fiftieth at the Masters, thirty fourth at the PGA, thirty seventh at the U.S. Open, seventy fourth at the Open Championship. It's a damn shame you got to putt the ball. To what ben I mean, Oden said too. <laughs> yeah, him, Cam Young, and Rory were just tremendous from tee to green this week, and just got smoked by Brian Harmon's putter. Hmm. What did we have to talk about, Patrick? I didn't hear what you said. Zach Johnson. Oh, did you say Rome? Is that what you said? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't understand. Okay, so so Brian Harmon is now going to be a top ten player in the world, so he's on the team. Right, yeah, yeah, crazy. Wyndham Clark's on the team. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Thomas. 
Okay, let, let's start at the top, <laughs> not right. at the bottom. Scotty Scheffler, Wendell yes. Clark, Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa. Okay. That's top six right now before the open. You can throw Harmon and Ricky in as locks. Harmon, Ricky. I'm at eight. Okay. Keegan? Well, it's what about Morikawa? All right. Morikawa? We're all good. We're all good with that. I, th- I think he's in. Yeah. Cam Young. Okay, this is this is where it gets weird because Keegan is like seventh in the standings, right? Eighth. He entered the week seventh. Yeah, week seventh. And if you have somebody, so I heard Zach Johnson talk about how there's more volatility in the standings this year because of the elevated event. They go on money. They go on. I, I didn't, I wondered how long you were going to hold nine fingers. Up there, <laughs> Not right? much longer. I forgot. Uh, so they go on money. So it, it makes the, it, 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 it just, it, it's, it's out of sorts. Like the, the way that they construct the standings and Keegan won an elevated event. So I, I, even though, you know, normally you would take somebody that's just outside the qualifying I do wonder if that elevated money sort of plays into his to Zach Johnson's thinking when it comes to somebody like Keegan. Because Keegan's going to be interesting. If he doesn't do anything in the playoffs, he might end at like 10 or, or 11. I, I, it just depends on what everybody else does. So I think you have those nine, and then the last three, I, I don't know. Okay, so let's is Cam Young on this team? Yes. Kyle? Uh, Patrick? So we have like, nine... And we have Spieth, JT, um, Keegan, Cam, Fina. I'm trying to figure out who to pick from. Fina, Burns. Well, Spieth, do you not have Spieth in your nine? No, no not. No. no put, put Spieth. He's yeah. going to be on the team. Okay. okay. We have two spots remaining. Is Cam Young on this team? Yeah. So what, what struck me the most is he changed his golf ball at the John Deere Classic. And the two starts have been great ever since. What did he change? He changed, to? He changed to the golf ball he used. Last year, which was what? Yeah, left whatever. Left I, I didn't know. Left dash. Yeah. yeah. Um. So if this type of tee to green continues, I, I think you do put him on the team. Okay. Is he a good fit for that golf course? He's I think he's proven he's a good fit anywhere. Yeah, I like think so where too. he's played well. He's played well. Both everywhere. bombers and like short. Like he played great at TPC Potomac. He's awesome at Harbor Town. He was awesome. So at you, Jackson, he was awesome at the old course. He was awesome. He's, yes, that game. So you, so you have one spot for, for Burns, for Keegan, Finau. for for Keegan, for Finau, for Burns, for Justin Thomas, for that's probably it. But I could get like Denny McCarthy and Kurt Kitayama. Yeah. I have one spot for those guys. Brian that, Harmon that winning really, KC. really threw the wrench in my Denny McCarthy DJ uh, fan club. Yeah. I mean, I uh, guess. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: Bryson. if you're if if you're Zach Johnson, you will either be praised or criticized based off this one pick. Do yep. you not pick Justin Thomas and you go with someone else like a Keegan Bradley when you have to go to Rome for the first time and try to win in three decades, and you leave someone with that Ryder Cup resume off the team, or do you pick someone who? is playing like a not even like a mid-tier PGA Tour player this season. You you can't leave JT off the team. You can't have him on the team. 
I know. You can't have this him is, on the team. Right? I know. It's the same. I, I agree with both. I think if you had to pick today, it would come down to are you take it's crazy that Fina would not be on, but and I think it would really in it. I think it would come down to are you taking JT or are you taking Keegan Bradley? Right? I I think that's like like if you I'm not saying I'm not saying that will be the decision. I'm saying if you were deciding today, I think that would be the decision. Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley's won twice this year. Keegan Bradley's good, like a great ball striker who will fall on his golf club for this team. It okay. kind of has the same personality traits on the courses. Locker room too. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, come on. I'll t- I'm taking Keegan. No, no top 20s at the majors this year. How many does Justin Thomas have? Well, I know. The, the, <laughs> argument for, the argument for JT is not on the course, right? I, I think, I think ultimately, I think this is how it'll play out. I think JT will be continue to be pretty lousy. And I, I don't, I don't think that they'll end up. I think somebody like a Burns or a Finau or a Ke- somebody will have like a hot playoffs, and you, you just won't really have a spot for JT. If he doesn't make the playoffs, yeah, he has no way of playing himself right because one of those guys is going to have a good run, and now you're totally screwed. the The best case for Justin Thomas is Jordan Speed. That's the best case for Justin Thomas, and it's not. I don't. I right that that partnership yeah. move along. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know, based on Zach Johnson's tone when he was asked questions about him this week, it sounds like he is leaning towards picking him. I also agree with that. I, I, oh, I, I thought the did. opposite. Oh, I thought really? was, I thought it was like he's on the team. No, I thought I thought he – you can pull up the quote, but I, I didn't – did you hear him talk, Patrick? I didn't hear him. No, I'm trying I to just saw the. I, thought I just I, saw the quote. Maybe I did. And I it seems like he – did I? Me? No, I thought Patrick did. Uh, I heard it. I I think it sounded like he was picking him. That's what really? I really. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't hear it, so I I defer to you guys on that. Just reading it, it made it seem like well, I don't know. We'll see. But I I also think there's when you're in that position as Zach Johnson, you're not going to, you know, do what Brooks Koepka did to Matt Wolf, you know, right. and, and <laughs> like berate the guy. He might be on your team. So there's a, definitely a a political strategy to that when you're in the captain's chair. Yeah, he's, he's got not, the back. He's not making it easy on him. That's for sure. I've I've for sure been a JT has to be on this team guy like Greg. And he's he's like making me waffle. Like he's doing yeah. everything he can to like push me off of that. <laughs> you are walking the plank yeah, right there. He's him. like I was dying on that hill, and I he might I might he he might have killed me. Like I might be gone. You know how many yeah. events there are left in the regular season? Two. Yeah, two. The three M Open, which Justin Thomas pa- has to panic add to his schedule, and then if that doesn't go well, he's gonna have to add Wyndham, and that's it. God, I can't wait till he wins Wyndham and then goes like five zero and zero at the Ryder Cup. It's gonna be I sick. Think, I also think the bar is very, very low for what he has to. I guess he just has to get into the playoffs. <laughs> he right? he like, broke seventy once. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the bar, if there's like any signs of life, I think ZJ is gonna get there on it. But if he misses the playoffs, you cannot possibly. Here's the quote. 
Question, how much of a concern is Justin Thomas's form at the moment? Zach Johnson, well, as a friend and a roommate, always a great way to start, by the way. As a friend and a roommate, I'm concerned just because he's my buddy and I know what he's capable of and that sort of thing. He, call, he would go on to call him a stalwart in the event. I don't know the record off the top of my head, but I know it's pretty good. Then he would go on to say, uh, bottom line, the game is really hard. There's going to be peaks. There's going to be some valley, valleys. Uh, but he says, he know, I know what he's capable of. Yeah, read the, you, read the last sentence there, Rick. I, I think this is be, what you're... I might be slightly concerned, like I said, as a friend, but I'm not worried about him because I know what he does and I know what he's capable of. Yeah. That might have been some of your own inflection there that you were throwing <laughs> in. But... I read like this, like, oh, I might be slightly concerned, like, <laughs> as a friend, but I'm not, like, I'm not worried about him because I know, I know what he does. I know what he's capable of. There's two ways, by the way, we're breaking, Brian Harmon just put on a performance for the ages and we're breaking down the syntax of this Zach Johnson quote. I think there's two ways to look at this. One is looking at the last sentence and put in like saying he's in. And the way that I look at it is the lead where he says, I'm concerned just because he's my buddy and I know what he's capable of and that sort of thing. That feels like a letting you, letting him down softly of like, I like this guy. He's my friend. Like, that's not something to me, if you're leaning toward picking him that you would lead with, but Again, we're breaking down things we didn't hear based on transcripts that are happened 2,000 miles away. The other X factor is, here's the, here's the real issue. If Tony Finau wins next week. Yeah, sure, of course. Because he's Justin out. Thomas he would be out. not control like that, like any of that, right? So if you have a guy who's just on the outside, like Brian Harmon just did this week, and yeah, Tony Finau goes back to 3M and wins it. Uh, now JT's. It doesn't even matter if JT finished second; it's over. Or if Burns finishes fifth in the right in the FedEx Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's a scenario where Burns and Finau catch heaters, and and what if Spieth falls on his face too? It, it, I mean, Rick, you said that's kind of the one thing propping JT up at the moment. I mean, there could be a chance that Spieth is the last guy on the team. I, I do not feel great about the U.S.'s chances. I, I I forgot. I was talking about this. I don't know if it was with you guys, but somebody. And it was like this. I mean, the entire European Ryder Cup team was in second place at one point today. Yeah, it looked like the U.S. team was going to be absolutely dominant for so long. And it's really, I mean, a lot of these guys have, I mean, you can't believe you're questioning Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth being on the team. And Morikawa, it, it requires a little question and a thought cam young requires a question and a thought even some of the guys that are on the team like max holma do we feel the same way about him that we have i i don't know so it's uh it's not looking as clear cut as it did in january the europeans are plus 185 usa minus 190 pound it 185 what else anything open championship Ryder cup Talk about the President's Cup if you want. To. I'm 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 bummed that major season's over. It's so fun. That's why the fifth major should be in what <laughs> July. It should be in like September. It sounds like you and Monahan are texting. I mean, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to <laughs> Sunday single. Sepp Straka, Brian Harmon, cup on the line, a couple dogs going at it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just all watching and taking it in. I mean, that is what 
this competition is all about a couple dogs i mean we got an austrian from georgia who lives in alabama who's gonna put your europe over the top how does that make sense did you see this quote from brian Harmon? which one i've not seen anything from brian Harmon. uh brennan porat tweeted this he said starting the final round of the open with a five-shot lead brian Harmon tells golf channel he kept quote thinking about something Kirby Smart said. I'm not going to be hunted. I'm gonna hunt. <laughs> he was probably in his like hotel mirror last night, just like barking at himself. <laughs> just, <laughs> I did hear a great thing on the No Ain't Up podcast. Not to not to call attention to other podcasts, but it was very good this week. And somebody on there said. It wasn't. It was just a commenter said Brian Harmon is who everybody wants Kevin Kisner to be. <laughs> yeah. That is a fact. That's a great call. It's it's such a. It is. It's like he actually is who people thought Kisner was. Uh, um, wow. All right. Well, congratulations, Brian Harmon. You're a major champion. You're a top ten player in the world, and you are on the Ryder Cup team. Uh, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. All right. It's been a pleasure, gents. Major championship season in the books. We don't stop. 3M Open next week. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Wow, what a world. Uh, big thanks, producer Josh, is all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme, he's available on Twitter at The Real GFD. Patrick McDonald can be found at Amateur Status. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.